This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 166 of the Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we discuss allergy testing for horses. The critter of the show is the ragdoll cat. In Critter Nutrition, we introduce Biostar's new hedgerow paste. And in Coffee Clutch, we ask, what mythical creature would you like as a pet? Join us. And I'm Patty. And this is Coach Jen. Thanks for joining us. This is the Healthy Critters crew. We get together twice a month and chat about all things healthy and critter. All things critters. And all things critters. This is the part of the show, oftentimes my favorite part, because I get to quiz Patty and Tigger because they show up sliding into third base with dirt on their knees and go, What are we going to talk about? I have no idea what you're talking about. You've never experienced such a thing before, have you? No. No. Well, here's what we're going to talk about, our little chit-chat before Uh we get to allergy testing for horses. The words, I'm brain dead, came out of someone's mouth before we got started this afternoon. (laughs) We won't say any names, Tigger. So, we're going to start with Tigger, since you initiated this conversation. When you are brain dead... What is it about your furry friends that helps you take a chill? Because everybody knows when you're brain dead, you're also stressed. What is it about your dogs, your cats, your chickens, your horses? What do they give you that helps you go, ah, I can be okay now? Well, the dogs, just their sheer presence. Um, You know, they're comforting and they don't ask anything and they don't want to talk about anything and they just want to be and that's very that when I'm brain dead that helps a lot but you know I find in in periods of brain deadness that I also get a tremendous amount of ease from being outside with the trees and the plants Ah, interesting. So out of doors where open spaces and fresh air and that sort of thing? I get a lot of comfort from the trees. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, are you a bee in the woods, sit under a specific tree, enjoy the shade? Um. Well, this is a very old farm, so there's a lot of very old trees. So they, I mean, I have some favorite trees in the forest. But just around the house, there are um, some really, you know, 150-year-old trees. And I just like to be in their presence. I find them very uh, grounding. And, you know, I feel like their message is, you know, who cares about brain fog? Just, you know, be in balance and be in, in, in the present. Oh, isn't that nice? How about you, Patty? Yeah. Uh, well, I almost exactly what Tigger said. 
for the animals. I just think because when you when you first said that, I, the first thing I thought is is that they just or they just don't ask of anything. So that is always nice. But I am also with Tigger, very much a big person on being outside. And right now, um, I love my back porch. It just kind of it's I, I live it's a neighborhood, but they're all like several acre lots. And for the exception of my neighbor when she's home and lets her dogs bark incessantly, um, I can just sit out on the back porch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Got some good stuff going on there, but that's a whole other story. But just being out, being able to be outside and I think not having to, um, and just, ha- and, and of course, like, you know, Tigger and I talked about stuff like this forever, but, you know, just, or just being outside and just like watching around. It's like my horse now, how I, I don't care if this horse ever, makes it anywhere he is truly joy to me like he just is joy and he just if i'm having a stressful day or um or if i'm ha- like you know brain dead i just one of my favorite things is just to i love turning him out and watching him run but like just you know just run and go see the other horses and everything he does has joy in it and it just you know i, I love that whole i don't know it just makes every cell in my body happy oh isn't that nice yeah. Oh, yeah. Yay. What See? About what about you, Jen? What about you? Well, I I am going to have a little of each in that I love me a walk in the woods. I find nothing more cleansing to my soul than a walk in the woods. Uh, doesn't matter where the woods, well, I like well, some woods, woods more than others. Woods that are on vacations, woods that are around the corner, but I want a path mm-hmm. and I want trees all around me. Mm-hmm. And to kick up the wonderfulness just a little bit further, I love to take my horse for a walk. Every, other people take their dogs for a walk, but we don't have a dog right now. Honestly, I love to take my horse for a walk. He walks along and he he interacts with his his world just like dogs do. He's sniffing stuff and stopping to poop and you know ch- you know looking at the stuff <laughs> in the distance and and spooking at fly- butterflies. It's just like having a giant dog to take for a walk. So oh, that's great. A, li- a little of each, but you're right. That whole, they don't, they're not asking me any questions because I, I frequently suffer no. from decision fatigue, but they don't yeah. ask me for anything. Just, just go. We're fine. Just, you don't need to talk. And then that's, that's very, it helps things clear and relax a little bit. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. it. Yay. Yeah. Da, da, da. Cool. Well, today's topic is going to be allergy testing for horses. So Tigger, uh, yes. how how did how did you become inspired to ask this question? Because we're kind of in allergy season, <laughs> you know, spring and fall, and I I don't think I, I just personally think the need for allergy testing in horses has risen as horses become more sensitive to the environment and what's in the environment and what's in their food and it's 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 very interesting to me because five years ago when I would get you know a difficult case and we go through all the testing that they've done you know EPM and Lyme and you know they've done a CBC and they've done this and that and da 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 and they still can't figure it out um and I go well have you done like a you know a sensitivity test on foods and molds and haze and no. And and for a while, um, you know, there was kind of a pushback from veterinarians 
saying, well, the test isn't all that accurate, and da, da, da. And I, you know, I agree. It's not a perfect test by any stretch of the imagination, but it's something to look at and go, okay, none of these other things have worked. Maybe we should, you know, do this and see about elimination and um, take something out of the diet that the horse is obviously testing strongly to and see if it makes a difference. So it just got me thinking. Recently, I've had a couple of consults and the vets have been, you know, putting in, you know, doing allergy testing, which I think is fantastic. I, I think it's an important topic because so often it's forgotten that we do have this test that can be really helpful in horses that just don't seem, they're, they're not lame, but they're not quite right. That famous or, ADR, ain't doing right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that's just a great way to start. So that's why I wanted to talk about allergy mm. testing. So for somebody yeah. who has never had a horse or a dog, for that matter, go through allergy testing, Tigger, what does that look like? What happens? What What do they do? It's a blood test. Um, there is a, a skin test for dogs, I believe. Um where they'll pick up, you know, like there is for humans, where they'll pick an allergen and, you know, do a pinprick. But for horses, it's a blood test. And there are several labs that do, you know, run the blood against um, trees, grasses, hay, feed, you know, different feed components, the common ones, um, you know, mites, mosquitoes, bugs. And it's really... It, and then they give you a, a numerical number. So when you get when you get the results back, um, a lot of the tests will be in red, where it, the horse is over the line. So it's they're testing strongly to an uh, a potential allergen, and then you just go through it. And in some things, you, you can do nothing about you know mosquitoes. I mean, you can do as much as you can, but. Um, horses that are allergic to mosquitoes or allergic to dust, you can, you you know can do the best that you can, but you're never going to eliminate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, and another thing too, because I had to go through this with Hal um, last year because he really started itching his tail just right off and whatever. So I did the blood test, and um, one of the things that my vet had shared with me, and one and two things. Number one, you know. Um, Dr. Ober, when I spoke to him, because I was like, do I do the skin test or I do the blood test? Because I've heard different, like, things about this. I don't know if you've gone through this, Tigger. But the one thing that Dr. Ober told me, he said, be aware that some of the things that when you take the blood or, you know, like if, if you are eating Timothy hay, you know, if your horse is, that some of it is what they're ingesting or what they have around them at the time that is, that's high. Yeah. So it's sort of like you've got to take some of like, because I was like, oh my gosh, everything's in red. I'm putting them in bubble wrap. You know, <laughs> you, you can't do that. So some of these things as they get all in this, you know, how, you know, with five and coming six and he's better this year because I was going to do the whole like allergy shot thing. Like, and, um, but it was just interesting to understand like, um, <laughs> Uh, the barn that I'm in is incredibly clean. And one of the things that he was highly allergic to, which is kind of 
funny, it's funny. It was uh, roach dust or, ro- you know, ro- roach yeah. dust that roaches leave. Well, you can't really do anything about that, you know. And no. he said, you know, but by next year, it may not be as much of an issue for him. Because I was starting to, like, panic. You yeah. Know I mean, like, yeah. oh, my, every, everything. Um, so that was kind of an interesting just huh. thing for me to understand. Huh. I generally start with a really high marker. Yeah. So if the horse has an allergy or is testing high to Timothy, but is testing higher to orchard grass, I'll start with the elimination of the orchard grass. Mm-hmm. And does that make a difference? Yeah, that makes sense. And it's a, it's a process. It's not, it's, you know, sometimes it's, it's a really quick fix. In the case of some of the food items, the non-hay items like soy or corn or uh, molasses or bee pulp, very common um, allergens for for a lot of horses. As soon as you remove it, bee pulp. Yep. Really? Yep. Okay. Sorry, didn't mean to stop you on your thought, but I was just want to make sure I understood that. Okay. Yeah. Um, And. You know, we'd have to d- dive in a little deeper to find out if it's, you know, is it how the, the beet pulp is processed? You know, we don't, we don't know the particulars, but if you take out, let's just say it's a soy reaction that's high, like 200, um, and you remove all the soy from the horse's diet, generally within days to a week, there's a change. So for horses with allergies, in your experience, Tigger, how do the horses manifest the allergies? Is it always itchy, scratchy skin, or are there no. other things? No. There, it, there can be, it can be constant uh, recurring ulcers at a low level. Uh, it can be constant uh, gas, you know, gas colics that aren't terrible. That you know you can pull out with uh, some banamine, but you can tell the horse is uncomfortable a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it can it can also manifest in just not wanting to go forward, not wanting to move, and um, it, it doesn't necessarily translate to hides or um, the obvious you know acute allergy response. This is build up over time. Mm-hmm. So, if I if I understand correctly how uh, allergens work, you can have a large number of positives that are not way off the chart, chart, but they're yeah. cumulative. If you have a whole bunch of them that are yeah. just barely over the edge, the horse is going to have just as much difficulty as having one that's way, 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 way over the edge. It's it. They they kind of work that way. I wouldn't I wouldn't make a blanket statement like that. I think when a horse has a strong um, reaction to a food, and then there there are lower reactions in other foods and hays and trees and things, um, that could be just that the immune system is so stressed mm-hmm. that it's caused this insensitivity down the line. Mm-hmm. So that's why I start with kind of either, you know, one or two things that are really high, that becomes what we eliminate. 
And what is really interesting is when you do the elimination, what I call the elimination diet, taking the allergens out of the diet, um, with some horses in a year or so, you can reintroduce them. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. 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 That was, yeah, that was a big thing that I would understand. Yeah. I've heard as well. It's, they're not necessarily, it's not necessarily a permanent situation. Well, there's not always and don't, you think too, don't you think too, Tigger, if there's like other things that they're high on and if you do a complete elimination, then you probably calm the body down a little bit. And so maybe, maybe that Timothy Hay wasn't such a big, like big deal, but it, it was exactly. the toy that was the problem. Exactly. Yeah. There you go. And there all these other factors that you just don't know and an allergy test is not going to tell you, but, you know, maybe it was some desiccant in the hay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, maybe that was something that, that was sprayed on the hay or grown in the ground oh, yeah. in the hay the horse is sensitive to. So there are other factors. It's, it's not so black and white, but I find that allergy testing especially when you can't, you know, when you and your vet do everything possible to figure out why this horse isn't feeling great as usual or as normal, that allergy testing is just an underutilized tool. And I see this because by the time somebody's calling me a lot of times, the horses, they've already gone through all the other tests, and it's sort of like, well, now what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, now what? Go, yeah. Okay, have you, have you done the allergy test? And, you know, they do it, and then we do another consult, and I look at it, and I say, okay, let's eliminate this and this. And that that starts the, the process, because the longer you, you ignore the the allergen, um, the more you stress the immune system, the more oh, you stress yeah. the immune system. Well, and then the other things can go. But, yeah, exactly. So a lot of times... <laughs> I, I know. I know. And if only, you know, these, these uh, sensitivities to environmental sensitivities and food sensitivities showed up like they do in humans. Like, not mm. anaphylactic shock or anything, but, you know swelling and, you know, hives and huge histamine release and or I'm, yeah, you I'm go, oh my gosh. I, yeah. Yeah. But in a lot of horses, it's way, it's cumulative. I, yeah, I think that's, that's the takeaway there is that it's all cumulative. And if you have no clue at all what's cumulating away under there. It's yeah. it's a good it's a good thing to have as a baseline if you have one of those horses that's just got a little bit of ADR going and you're spending yep. piles of money and all kinds of diagnostic tools yep. you may as well add that to your kit, right? And it, mm-hmm. it's I, I've gotten to the point because there are so many horses with with sensitivities um that you know maybe it needs to be the you know you start with one allergy test and you follow it up a year later and see where the horse is and what's changed and what's improved. Sort of like we do with a CBC, you know, you run a CBC every year. Maybe you don't run an allergy test every year, but you at least run one and then follow it up a year later and see where you are. 
Um, yeah, that's smart. Yeah. Well, because you know, because I don't know if you've done this figure because I was just sitting here listening to what you were saying. So last year when I ran, did the blood work on Hal, they um, went over everything with my vet and um, they wanted me to do allergy shots. And I, you know, and it was funny because he was, he was super itchy and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to eliminate, he was high, high, high on Timothy and a couple other things. And so, and he eats a whole food diet. Um, he's a bio star horse. Um, but yes, he is, <laughs> he, he, yeah. So, I mean, everything he, you know, he was fine on alfalfa, but it was really the Timothy. And that was the one thing I had changed when I had been in Florida and kept them on Timothy. And turns out a lot of mine were actually couldn't do Timothy. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to wait. I don't know why I just didn't have, I was like, I just don't want to stick him with this stuff. And yep. I don't know. I just didn't feel, I just didn't feel right. So I didn't do it. Um, and, um, I eliminated the Timothy and took him, I took, I forgot what else I took him off something else. And, um, and he is still, he still will sometimes rub his tail because that's the big indicator, but he is so much better than he was. And I'm so glad I didn't do it because, it, and again, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to say to everybody out there, don't listen to your vet. Cause that's not what I'm advocating. It just, for me, I kept thinking, I think I can fix this by taking out these few things. Yep. And honestly, when it, here I am a year later. When it's food related, that's an easy, yeah. Um, yeah. not fix, but I mean, elimination is pretty easy. But when it's environmental, yeah. like bugs and yeah, you know, it's hard. That's free hard. pollen, really hard. and that to me, if the horse is really struggling with that, that that might be, those things might be good for Absolutely. Yeah. the actual when you go to the shots. Shot. Yeah, because yeah, you have to. You got to help your horse's immune system. So that was my whole thing. And I, and like I said, um, you know, he he has he really doesn't like his, him uh, roast dust, but ro- roast roach dust. And um, you know, I knew I couldn't fix that. But he also had said there's a very likely chance because he's five six is when they tend to really start to mature, and you know that he'll get over that. And so it's funny. I wasn't even thinking about it, but I think I may rerun the blood panel just to see. I I would do that, and I would be interested to see, based on the high food that he was sensitive to, that you've eliminated, that that mm-hmm. might really bring down the roach sensitivity as well. You know, it's yeah. like the That's, system yeah, yeah. gets yeah, hyper-stimulated. It's yeah, well, of course. It can stimulate into more things. So yeah, yeah, when you bring down the actives, then a lot of other things quiet down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, well. Speaking of calming things down, I think it's time for us to call <laughs> Hedwig the world's only <laughs> podcasting pomeranian. What do you think? Hello. Hi. Hello, Hedy. Hi. What's up? What's up? Everyone good? We're all enjoying ourselves, loving our guys. <laughs> Living our best lives, are we? Oh, yes. <laughs> well, um, we've are we endeavoring not to be horrible? We've, we've been discussing cats on the show. Cats. Mm-hmm. Nice. And, I like cats. Okay, that's what we wanted to know. What's your relationship with the kitties at your farm? Oh, I mean, we're buddies. I'm basically part cat. You know, Pomeranians are not fully dog or cat. We're liminal creatures. 
were sort of uh-huh. cat your dog, dog cat. We're very independently oh. minded, much like a cat. We have priorities. We do not want to be petted by people for no reason. We like snacks. We sleep a lot. We groom our paws. We do adorable <laughs> things with our paws to our faces. We don't like to be groomed. We hate baths. In these ways, we are cat-like. Interesting. But how about your relationship with, do you have a kitty friend? Do you hang out with the kitties? I hang out with my sister, Christabel. Are you slow? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like after all this time, maybe you would notice. I have the one friend, Christabel. She is my sister. I spend all day with her. My brother, Cowboy, who is a goblin, often accompanies us. And then I have two other sisters who are mutants, but I tolerate their presence. The cat does what the cat does. It has cat activity, priorities, cat things. I don't get in the way. I don't impede. I don't enable. I would take her food. Would you describe would you describe the canine feline populace as separate but equal? Well, the goblin chases the cat, but he's totally inept at it and he gets yelled at every time. So just when he starts to take off, the human yells, Cowboy, knock that off. And so he tries to stop and then he's on hardwood floors, so he spins in a circle every time. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh cowboy needs his own so TikTok. I think the cat may deliberately taunt him to make that happen. Oh, I hope so. I would. Yes, I hope so. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, the cats are well treated in our home. They have their own room, essentially, where they oh, just wow. do cat, cat things that they do. And then the one cat also, you know, spends a lot of time in the barn, leaping in and out of the hayloft, pretending to be super cats. Oh, I would be in, I think it, I think it would be interesting sometime, Hedwig, if you could ask Supercat if they wouldn't mind coming on and telling us a little bit about the life of Supercat. We would like yeah. to hear that. We can certainly speak with Elphaba. She's a special snowflake. I'm just warning you. There we go. Well, you're you're a pretty, you're, you're a pretty special cold. little fluffball too there, Hedwig. So, you yeah. Know. We're okay with that. I am as nothing compared to that one. <laughs> I do not think I can fly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much, Hedwig, for filling us in on the feline canine balance of power in your home. Hey, taunt. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye, Hedwig. Bye, Hedwig. And now it's time for the breed of the show. So we are at our breed of the show segment and I realized that I have never done the ragdoll cat and I own two. So I, I thought this would be perfect, a perfect uh, uh, critter to do. And apparently Jen, you have some feedback on this too. So I can't wait to hear about this. Um, <clears throat> so I have two. Um, I have a seal point and uh, that's a female and I have a gray, which is actually the color is called sepia. And he actually is 
the yeah, as soon as I started talking, it came right up to say hello to me. Um, big, beautiful green eyes. And I um, got them when I was in Virginia and I was doing it. I was at the time I probably only had five dogs and I thought, boy, I need another animal. <laughs> so why not get some cats? And so a friend, a friend told me they were a great cat. And I have to say they are, they're wonderful cats and they're, they're known as uh, cat dogs or pu- pu- uh, the puppy cat. Um, because they really are very dog-like. Um, they're known for being very gentle and calm and very sociable. And I can absolutely attest um, that they have a dog-like devotion to their owners. They're very, very devoted. Um, well, mine most of the time will come when I call them. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's great. Like I, anytime, like in the middle of the night, if I don't know where they are, I can call them and they'll actually come, which is really quite, quite cool. Um, they truly are, are ideal pets for apartments and, and living because they're very content to laying around on your furniture, excuse me, their furniture. <laughs> they get, they, they are quite content to hang out all day doing that. They're super great with kids and they're really good with other animals. So I pause on that just a little bit because Fupa, who is my seal point, who is truly, if anybody ever wanted to know who was princess of the world, she lives in my house or I live in her house, but she is queen of the, she's just queen of the Nile and she thinks everything is hers. And if she doesn't like you moving her, she'll definitely talk to you about it, but she's never, she's not a swatter. She never puts her nails out. She just, they're very, very, very vocal. Um, and that can be, well, I don't want to make fun of Gabriel. He can be a bit melodramatic sometimes. Um, for example, if, um, the water isn't, completely appropriate at the right height in the continuous water. Now I have several waters in the house for the, the dogs and the cats to drink out of. Gabriel likes a certain one. He will come and get you from your room yelling at you till you follow him to the water thing. And you can look at it and say, well, there's perfect amount in there. He wants fresh water. So you have to give him fresh water, which I think is actually quite smart, but he has done this new recent thing where he comes and gets me every morning to yell at me because he wants me to watch him eat his food. So there has to be, you know, a line of where you, where you draw back on them, but there's just great personable cats. Um, so they are, some of the cons are, they are long haired. You do have to um, brush them. Really. They say twice a week, um, you know, at least once a, a week because their hair will kind of mat. This is kind of was a weird thing. Of course, when you get a rag doll, you're generally hopefully getting them from a reputable breeder. But there's this thing that I had to sign on the contract saying, don't let them go outside. Not exactly sure why, but honestly, I think it's because they're not very um, worldly in the outdoor adventure scene. So um, they still come and hang with me on the porch and then very quickly be like, yo, girl, open that door because I got to go back inside. There's too many flies out here. Um. You have to be mindful of um, their weight because they can be uh, fatty pants. Um, they easily can be quite large. Um, the females can get up to 15 pounds and some males up to 20. Mine <clears throat> are in good shape. Um, and the, the last like little tidbit about them that I love is that you can actually teach them to do things. Like you can teach them to retrieve or they can teach me to retrieve things for them. But the point is, <laughs> is that... They, um, they, they're really just an intelligent, fun, low key cat. Now, one of the things, and I don't know, Jen, cause I'm anxious to hear about your dealings with them. But the reason I wanted to get one is because they, they say that the term ragdoll means you pick them up and they just sort of flop around like a doll. 
I mean, sort of they do that. I will find them constantly. I'll be coming around the corner out of my bedroom and they'll just be laying on the floor completely sprawled out. (laughs) That's what I think they're talking about. Um, So, um, so what, what is your experience with them? I had a, I had a, I had a ragdoll cat once that we adopted through a local shelter. And oh, wow. the the only experience I had with our ragdoll cat was, yes, he was friendly, mm-hmm. and he was kind of floppy when you picked him up, and he okay. was allergic to everything. <laughs> really? <laughs> Which is kind Whoa. of ironic, considering our, our roundtable topic. Yes, that, oh, poor, wow. that poor kitty. We could not find a food that would, that would make his tummy happy. No. Oh, no. He was allergic, to, which I'm sure is how he got to the shelter to begin with. Yeah, you know what did you end up? What did you end up feeding him? Uh, we had to take him back because we couldn't. We no, yeah. we could figure it out. Yeah, we could not. And figure I will it out. say, like my these guys definitely. Um, my sweet husband is the one that goes and buys the cat food. And one time he bought the wrong color bag, and I talk about being yelled at. Um, they 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 both well, Fuba just just didn't say anything to me. She wouldn't make eye contact with me. She laid on the couch. She wouldn't move over like she wanted nothing to do with me. Gabriel every day would go in and be like, "That's wrong, that's wrong." And I didn't pick up on it right away because I put it in a big thing and I just give it to him. And then when I realized, um, wrong color uh, bag, ma. My, yeah, uh, there yeah. of Peter's ways. We corrected that very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, but they look, but they just wouldn't eat it. And you know, to me that's smart because obviously there's something about that cat food that he didn't think was right. I mean, yeah. all joking aside, he does, he does run my life. However, there you go. I, you know, yeah. I, to, I took that very seriously, yeah. but, our, great, our, but I mean, yeah, our poor little rag doll had to go back to the shelter cause he didn't have any claws. So we couldn't, cause they said, well, what, well, you know, it's like, well, well, just let him be an outdoor kitty. That way, if he has diarrhea all over the place, he's outdoors. It's okay. It's like, no, can't do that. Yeah. Don't have any claws. You can't be outdoors. Uh, yeah, so it was it was very sad. Yeah, yeah. and um, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. But I'm I'm a sucker for kitties. So now here I am on Pet Finder looking at kitties. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you when I find the picture of my two when they were kittens. Oh my gosh, they were the. I mean, they're just they're addictive. They're just yeah. the cutest. Thing so in with the world. with the ragdoll I, kittens, do you have other breeds of kitty cat too, or just the two ragdolls? I just have the two ragdolls. Two ragdolls? Okay. Because I was mm-hmm. I was wondering how, how because some breeds of cat are well known for being very social. Others are not mm-hmm. so much. I didn't know where the ragdolls fell on that friendliness to other cats spectrum. I don't know how to answer that because they've never seen another cat. Um, <laughs> but I will say this. Um, last year, I was getting a little bit overwhelmed with how much hair I had in the house. And um, so I had them um, shaved in a line cut, which, by the way, cutest freaking thing I've ever did. My entire family thought I was nuts. But Fupa um, didn't know who Gabriel was. And for three weeks, every time you would walk in the room, she would hiss and spit at him. Oh, my gosh. Poor thing. So I don't think, yeah. But, and Gabriel was like, whatever. Like, he would just look at her like, it's me. Don't I look awesome? I mean, they looked ridiculous, but it was the cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. And because um, they just, they're, like, they had a big poof of a head and I left their, their legs and they had a ball on their tail. It was like, seriously, it was really funny. Um, I may do that again, Gabriel, but, um, yeah, so I, but they're, they're very, they're very friendly. Like if other dogs come over, they're fine. Um, and they're, and they stand their ground. It's like, I have a friend who has a golden retriever can be a bit much when he first comes in. And, um, 
they won't move off the couch. And if he gets too much in their space, like they'll, they'll spit at him. They've, I've never seen them have their claws out, but they definitely, you know, tell them to stay away and they just lay there, you know, I think, and they're definitely smart enough to get up and go away, but, um, but they're, they're really easy with other animals. They're just, well, they're, there they're we go. Cats. There we go. Yeah. Onward. There you go. And now we're at Critter Nutrition, and I'm going to talk about Biostar's new hedgerow paste. Uh, this paste came about because of the success of our hedgerow GI power, powder supplement, and which got me thinking about a fast-acting paste. To create hedgerow paste, we've taken the key ingredients in hedgerow GI, several gut-supported forage plants of traditional English hedgerows, and given the formula, an extra boost from Trifala. It's another GI-supported herbal blend rooted in traditional Ayurvedic medicine. In addition, we've included probiotic strains plus apple pectin and sunflower lecithin, which are both known for their gastroprotective qualities. When given in combination, all these ingredients help to establish homeostasis in the GI tract, address gas, bloating, diarrhea, reduce gastric distress from travel and competition, ease adverse GI impact from feed or hay changes or lush pasture. Hedgerow paste combines knowledge through the ages, traditional European gut and digestive support plants, an Eastern Ayurvedic blend of fruiting bodies, plus fulvic acids and gastric support provided by 21st century microbiome science. The convenient paste with oral syringe ensures speedy delivery of active probiotic strains, as well as the apple pectin and sunflower lecithin for gastric protection in horses that need it most. What goes into hedgerow paste? Organic trifala powder is composed of three fruits native to South Asia. It's one of the most recommended and widely used herbal blends in all of Ayurvedic medicine. Trifala is considered balancing and is recommended for nourishing and rejuvenating the GI tract. Trifala supports not only proper functioning of the digestive system, but also supports the circulatory and respiratory system. Bacillus subtilis is a beneficial spore-forming probiotic strain that can resist acids in the stomach allowing it to pass safely into the small intestine where it blocks pathogenic bacteria. This allows other beneficial bacteria strains to colonize. Bioflora EQ is a unique Biostar probiotic blend that includes Lactobacillus casei, Lactobacillus rhamnosus, Bifidobacterium lactis, Bifidobacterium longum, Lactobacillus acidophilus inulin, and MOS. The bacteria strains are microencapsulated to ensure passage through the stomach. Organic fennel helps with healthy digestion, excess gas, supports a healthy GI tract. Celtic sea salt is key for hydration. It provides electrolytes and can facilitate the absorption and transportation of nutrients in the intestines. Organic peppermint leaf is known to assist with indigestion, gas, and bloating. Reed sedge peat can help restore the integrity of the gut membrane and support the tight junctions of the gut, which play an important role in intestinal barrier function. 
A dysfunctional or leaky intestinal tight junction allows endotoxins, antigens, and bacteria to permeate into the bloodstream. Apopectin used in hedgerow paste is the same quality used by doctors for wound management and healing. Apopectin coats the GI tract, preserving the gut-brain barrier while providing protection that allows for better healing of the intestinal mucosa. Sunflower lecithin supports cell membrane health by providing a barrier against potential damage to tissue from stomach acids. Because of its fast-acting delivery, hedgerow paste can be given anytime your horse needs GI tract support. Because it's pre-packed in an oral syringe, it's easy to have on hand and administer, especially in situations where mixing and measuring isn't convenient. For instance, at shows, horses can sometimes get quirky about eating or begin to display other signs of stress. Hedgerow paste can help return the GI tract to homeostasis. During a hay change, feed change, or access to rich pasture, hedgerow paste supports the gut microbiome and helps support a healthy balance within the microbial community. During times of excess gas or diarrhea, hedgerow paste provides beneficial bacteria to the gut as well as helpful herbs to support healthy digestive flow and function. Hedgerow paste is part of our upcoming two-component supplement, hedgerow pronto. While Hedro GI is an important supplement for gut health on a regular basis, Hedro pronto is a dual action approach that can be used for more immediate or temporary situations. Hedro pronto consists of Hedro mash given first with water to help cleanse the system. Hedro paste given one hour later to protect and soothe. Hedro pronto is show safe and conveniently packaged for easy use and storage. Available October 2022. You know, at Buyerstar, they believe that educating and empowering more horse people about whole food nutrition, we will better be able to care for our horses as well as our planet. Biostar EQ also proudly supports truth in labeling efforts, providing comprehensive labels on all of their products and supporting information on their website. Their products contain nothing genetically engineered, synthetic or artificial, no petroleum derivatives or other man-made in-the-lab vitamins, no fillers, binders, or excipients. Only pure, best-in-class whole food ingredients. We're coming to the end of the show, and it's one of our favorite segments, which is Coffee Clatch. <laughs> and the topic today is, if you could have any mythological pet, what would you choose? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, 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 I'm laughing because, I because I this is a challenge for, for Patty, so go ahead. Actually, it was quite easy. And I, I, I'm really quite proud of myself. And I'm going to wait for you guys to go. Once, once I got it, it was I, I was really, it's slam dunk. Go ahead, you guys go. Oh, first. good. <laughs> Jen. Oh, I get to go first. I get, I get to go yeah. first. See, this was a tough one uh, oh. because I picked two, but I'm going to go with the first one I thought of. I'm going with the jackalope. 
are real. Jackalopes are real. <laughs> I yes, just I remember so distinctly as a little child the first time I ever came across a jackalope. That is the coolest idea ever. Yeah. Coolest now, idea ever. That is funny. So, so of course I had to go I yeah. had to go down the rabbit hole, haha, of who invented the jackalope? Right. The jackalope was invented in the 1930s by Douglas Herrick and his brother. And and uh, they they sold them at their at a local hotel in Douglas, Wyoming, and there has oh, been an hysterical. effort to make the jackalope the official the official um non-existent Critter? animal of of <laughs> Wyoming the state the state not oh, real God, animal so yes <laughs> well, that's I think it would be fun to have a jackalope you could put it on a little leash yeah. and walk it you know or drag it or drag they're it. not real because <laughs> they're not real <laughs> oh that's funny well for my mythological creature I I would like to have my own dragon of course you would. Which kind? There's so many. I know. Um, I think a water dragon. Oh, that's um, interesting. Yeah, they're um I I can't remember if it's the Hopis or the Navajos that the water dragon Oh no no no, it's even older than that. I think it goes back to the Aztecs or the Mayans. Their uh, creation myth is a dragon who brought wisdom and um, peace. It, it, it was the bearer of wisdom and peace. I went, so that's good with me. I would like to have a pet that is really big with wisdom and peace. So yeah. I can see myself walking, you know, through Wellington with my dragon. <laughs> Have lizards and people drag you. <laughs> so there funny. we go. I didn't know that. See, you learn something every day. How about you, Patty? Mm -hmm. Well, I'm a little angry that I didn't go first because I also chose a dragon, but I chose a specific dragon, and it's a great one. The one um, toothless in How to Train Your Dragon. Oh my gosh! Because that I love so for. As, and I, it was funny because as soon as you, you said this is what we had to do, I'm like, oh, we totally do a dragon. I'm like, okay, well, my favorite dragon is Toothless. And I don't know why, but my one Frenchie, when he runs towards me, reminds me of, and, and I don't know if you guys have seen, have you seen it? I know, I know Tigger's yeah. seen it. Have you seen it? Oh, yes. Okay. It's just, oh my gosh, just how freaking cute that dragon is. So that's what I would have. I'd have that exact one. And I never really, I mean, his teeth were ret retractable. It was kind of cute. So that's what I would have. So everybody has to go out and watch How to Train Your Dragon. I think Toothless yeah, is in no. how to is in number two, right? I think he's in the first one. Is he in the first one too? He, yeah. Oh, he, that's right. I he comes in right at the end of the first one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So you, well, just go watch both of them because they're both really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're yeah. And I isn't there three three or two or three? But anyway, it's it's a good one. It's yeah. That's definitely that's and definitely the a music fun. from yeah. the first one is what. Charlotte rode to with Valero to win her gold medal. Well, right, right there's a reason to watch it too. Well, see, here's here's yeah. what you need to do this weekend. You're going to 
binge on How to Train Your Dragon movies, and mm-hmm. then you're going to go to YouTube and fic- pick up Charlotte's <laughs> Charlotte's yeah, uh, freestyle because it's on go. YouTube somewhere. Everything yeah. is. So there you go. Yeah, that's and that's then your buy binging a for the weekend. For your wall. And get a jackalope <laughs> for your wall. I'm sure they're available on Amazon. I'm sure for they sure. are. There we go. Well, that wraps it for today, ladies. Oh, <laughs> my